0: Welcome to season two of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary, and I'm here to convince my friend Tiege that Melrose Place is a trashy, trashy soap opera, and that's perfectly okay.
1: Uh, I'm Tiege. I'm here to convince my good friend Mary that this show counts as high art for the generations, a time capsule into the future. And the future is now.
0: The future is indeed now. And you know what's great is this is not a recap podcast because we're too busy having all these intellectual debates.
1: Yes, we highly recommend that you pair us with your rewatch of Melrose Place. It will um, enhance the artistic integrity of the show.
0: Mm, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, I can't believe we've made it to season two already. How far along are we in the grand scheme of things?
1: Uh, We're about 11 percent.
0: That seems lower than I would like.
1: (laughs) Well, there's the seven seasons plus the reboot season. Oh god. Uh this season had the lowest number of episodes.
0: I guess that's and, forward to.
1: And we only had 5 special episodes in season 1. So season 2 is going to get longer.
0: Oh boy. Buckle up. Hello and welcome to the Marrow's Place Cast. Today we're talking about season 2, episode 22 called With This Ball and Chain. I'm Mary and
1: I'm teach and right from the title, this seems to be a pro-marriage episode of Melrose Place.
0: Oh, it sure does.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think this episode was written by George W. Bush, and that's how pro-marriage it is.
0: Oh, wow. One man, one woman. I mean, that's what Sydney's going for, so. I don't know about that. <laughs> this, this
1: was a really fun episode, in my view.
0: It was, there was a lot in this one. There there was an awful lot going on.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: I'm not sure that they nailed all the landings, but I, I, there was a lot going on.
1: You know, such is life. And when you imitate life in high art, sometimes (laughs) you, uh, you, you end up with some quotes like this. Can I tell you my three marriage related quotes?
0: Oh, they're all marriage related. Good. Yes, please. Yes.
1: Okay. As And again, as our listeners know, I am have always been 100% in the corner of marriage as an uplifting institution.
0: It's really good this is a not a visual medium because people see my fate right now.
1: <laughs> well, he, here are my three quotes. Are you ready?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: First, I'd be a little more selective in my choice of companions.
0: <laughs> uh
1: all right to joe's freedom and the end of billy's (laughs) oh god (laughs) and finally i don't know if my voice can get the level of disgust i need to deliver this quote but let's see you seriously want to get married
0: (laughs) i did pretty good you did pretty good
1: (laughs) yeah you know look i've got the sickening rhetoric I came to play and I came to slay Mary.
0: I mean I would argue but you made a lot of rhymes you know how I like rhyming things so
1: you I listen I rhyme all the time.
0: Oh god. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, can I can I, you know what I think I just want to go in order and I want to start with I'd be a little more selective in my choice of companions.
2: <laughs> oh god.
1: So here's what happened. I you know, again, not a recap podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna buzz over this at about ten thousand feet. I think there may be reason you want to dig in a little deeper, but eh. uh yeah last episode, last week, Joe killed a man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> and the entirety of her legal saga resolved in a
0: week. I mean, I don't think it was even really a week in showtime. I, I think yep. it was like a day or two.
1: Yeah. So last week, uh, Joe shot and killed. OK, so Joe vandalized Reed's boat by kicking out the booby hatch, broke the window, <laughs> stabbed him, threw him into the ocean, shot him. And then as he lay there dying, she whispered in his ear, I'll get you again. So Joe's a little vicious. Oh, sure. <laughs> so oh and then, and then the Coast Guard comes for reasons that were never explained. And Joe points a gun at them.
0: Well, she had a lot going on that day.
1: There was a lot. She she did. As all, I just outlined it all. But, so she's arrested. And we see Joe in a really horrendous prison. It's overcrowded. It's rough. We're supposed to see Joe as out of place here. Even though, look, the prison, it looked a little bit like Manhattan apartments. (laughs) You know, they're small. They're small.
0: Yeah. It was a lot of open concept. Lots of natural light
1: so and roommates that you don't want but you need
0: yeah well somebody but you must have them yeah yeah
1: so joe uh you know this could have been my high art point, the failures of the criminal justice system except she was she got off in a week but, i don't
0: think it was even a week i'm gonna be honest but carry on
1: <laughs> so she meets with a public defender who's like look I've been doing this for five whole years. As long as Amanda Woodward has been doing marketing, I've been public defending, and I know none of y'all are innocent.
0: Uh,
1: Yeah. So he's on the wrong side of the desk, but both the public defender and the prosecutor are like, look, Joe, you just, you're a small fire here. You just give us the name of the drug dealers. We'll get you off easy, right? Yeah. And she keeps saying, I don't know anything! Which is, in their defense, not believable.
0: Not believable. No, it doesn't come across as terribly believable. The
1: one thing that doesn't make sense, though, is why Why do they think she shot Reed? What's their theory?
0: Didn't the public defender guy in the beginning say something like, maybe you guys had some kind of falling out about the money or something? Hmm. I don't know that they had a real solid theory, though. I, I agree with yeah.
1: that. I mean, she's drifting aimlessly in a boat that she doesn't know how to drive. So I think I shot him to steal the money doesn't quite hold up, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, we find that it took some haranguing, but Amanda decides to put up Melrose Place, the building, uh, for Joe's bail.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, which was kind. So Joe and Amanda, they're they're going to be friends now, I guess. This week? And... This great lawyer comes in and gets Joe off and she's free, but she's, she's only so free, right? Because what's worse than eight to 10 in prison, Mary, hmm. having to sit through another lecture, like she's your mom when it's just the judge,
0: <laughs>
1: because while the judge said, you know, I see no evidence the, everybody's dropping charges here. Because they they found that the the boat matched the description Joe said it would be in, yeah. And uh, the the judge, in releasing Joe to the real world, says, "But to be clear, I would be a little more selective in my choice of companions." <laughs> that
0: was a great line.
1: Was a- it was a great line, and it was a great line, Mary, because there's was high art for the generations.
0: Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> because. We've all been there, right? Watching someone go through a relationship you know they shouldn't be in. And do we try and help? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Usually a good idea not to do it because nobody wants our help in that situation. Nope. But when, when things go bad and your good friend is at the worst place, they're at the bottom. How many of us can resist the urge to say, I, bitch, I told you so. <laughs> I told you. Your New York instincts are busted and dusted. God, ever, Yeah, so I think this judge was put there uh, specifically to channel the
0: the American
1: spirit of what's more important than being a good friend, being right.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, It was one of my favorite lines of the whole episode. It made me laugh really hard. I don't think it supposed to be funny but it made me laugh because was very right uh
1: Mary, have you ever wanted to deliver that line to someone
0: oh hasn't everyone yeah i think everyone has at some point yeah
1: who now's your chance
0: i would rather not announce that thank you how about okay. you you would like to say that to
1: yeah okay so i'll start with my little sister uh annie um <laughs> i wanted to say that to her several times um you know Hillary Clinton, probably. Oh, boy. More important than Hillary Clinton, Uma Abedin. <laughs> uh, it was her husband, Anthony Weiner, that was the reason those emails came back out one week before the election. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to say Uma Abedin. That's the one. All right. Well, that should not have been with Anthony Weiner.
0: That's another topical and current reference that people are should remember. Uh, <laughs> right in the forefront of everyone's mind. <laughs>
1: People love my Abedin. She was going to be chief
0: of staff. What is she doing now?
1: <laughs> Divorcing Anthony Weiner. Still? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Mary, what about you? Do you, uh, I can't admit, I think this is going to have to be, I'm going to have to carry it this week because I can't imagine there was any trash that you found.
0: Uh, I. You know, I say this every week. I did manage to dig a little bit up. I managed to find a couple of things. Uh, I called this first one Nothing screams, I'm an adult now in an adult relationship, like carrying around your pound puppy in a milk crate. <laughs> oh, I, th- I kind of remembered this happening when we watched show before, but I forgot when it happened. I was excited to see it. We see Sydney is coming out of her apartment and trotting down the stairs, and she's got a plastic milk crate full of stuff. Uh, most notably, a pound puppy on top. She's trying to sneak out without being seen, but unfortunately she bumps into Jane down in the courtyard and Jane's all happy to see her. And she's like, Oh, are you throwing away old, old junk? And Sydney's like, <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm just, you know, she kind of dodges the question. Jane's like, Oh, don't throw away puddle. You've had him since you were five. And Sydney says, four, actually, I'm not throwing him away. And like, I'm moving. And Jane's surprised and she's like oh like do you need help with money or is like Amanda kicking you out or something and Sydney gets a little indignant she's like I don't need you to take care of me because I, mean, I want you and Jane's like oh well, where are you going and Sydney says I don't think you want to know
1: yeah <laughs> that was the wrong answer Sydney that was not the right answer
0: not a good answer uh and Jane's like oh you know Sydney come on you know we're friends again remember like we're everything's good and Sydney goes all right have it your way I'm moving it with Michael." <laughs> <laughs> jane, understandably horrified and Sydney's like i'm sorry but it's love these kinds of things just happen i'm sorry if i hurt you uh jane goes you know after everything we've been through this is the worst this is the worst thing you have ever done and I'm like oh buckle up jane uh, Cindy, uh <laughs> hold I, on tight i am an adult now in an adult relationship and if you don't understand that well, it's been nice knowing you, which is a very adult retort, by the way. Like, that's i mm-hmm. a- mm-hmm. uh, I'll talk more about Sydney later, uh, but for now, this was so soap opera y. Oh my God. I love the whole trope of the sisters fighting, that one is betraying the other. There's the sorry, not sorry apology from Sydney. Jane is still somehow managing to be shocked whenever Sydney makes another like this, even though this is like the fifth time just on the show, let alone before they were ever on the show. Uh, uh, so- Sydney
1: wasn't born before they were on the show.
0: Oh, that's right. She was an only child. Okay. Uh, second, and I will be the first to admit, this is a sign I pay way too much attention to this show. So, uh, that's not the same Puddle, okay? Oh, jeez. Just hang on here. This is an issue. Puddle was not the pound puppy in Sydney's apartment. The real Puddle was a different brown stuffed floppy dog. The Pound Puppy was also in the apartment and on the same creepy mattress where Michael and Sydney started doing it on the floor. But this Puddle that she picked up and introduced to him again as Puddle was not Puddle who is in this milk crate. Justice for Puddle. What happened? I want to know what this. Was oh, us.
1: my gosh. Mary, we have got to get to the bottom of this.
0: Yes, this is a breaking issue of our time. Like, we need beep, to... Beep, beep,
1: beep, beep, Puddle is missing. Puddle is like Gabby Pietro. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> Jesus. Is that wrong? Is that wrong? It's, I mean, it's another topical reference that people Maybe love. we
1: should cut that. Maybe we should cut that. But, Mary, we've got to figure this out. All, how do you know that this is a different puddle?
0: I just told you how I know it's a different puddle. It's Puddle was not the pound puppy. Puddle was a brown, fluffy, stuffed animal... That was a different dog.
1: Now, okay, so Puddle, you're thinking of the brown, fluffy dog that Sydney was waving around while Michael was undoing his pants. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's what I was focused on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a... So I didn't notice the dog, but...
0: Of course not. Of course not.
1: So what, what, hap- what has happened to the original Puddle?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I need someone who has information from the inside to let us know oh what my was Puddle recast. Did they, did they lose did him? They recast Puddle? Yeah, this is not the same Puddle. I challenge all viewers to go back. Episode eight, season two is when we saw Puddle. Puddle was not the Pound Puppy.
1: Okay. So uh, first to our listeners, Christopher, I know you're going to go back. So we will look forward to any insight you have. <laughs> you know, he's going to. Yeah. As am I. He's a we
0: watcher,
1: I Mary. I think we need to put a pin in this, and I think we need to do some more investigating. All
0: right. because
1: the original puddle is out there. Something has happened, presumably, because I could see that maybe Jane would get get the mix up, right? But maybe. But, but Sydney wouldn't.
0: No, Sydney immediately corrects Jane when she says Sydney had puddles since she was five, and Sydney says, "No, oh my I four. God."
1: How deep do you think this goes?
0: Uh, this probably goes all the way to the writer's room.
1: <sighs> not, not that deep.
0: Maybe the props department. I don't know. It goes okay. way, way up there 30 years ago.
1: We, we're going to dig into this. this. This is a mission.
0: Yeah. This is important work.
1: Wow. Very so. Uh,
0: yeah. It's a fun little ridiculous storyline.
1: Okay, back to the sister. That I'm putting the pin in Puddle because not an actual pin. I'm not going to hurt Puddle, but we've got to we've got to find Puddle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Swinging back though to the sisters being uh, soap opera. Yeah. Is this not how siblings are to be to each other?
0: I mean, I, I, my own experience, but no. <laughs> huh?
1: It must be nice. It must be nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. <laughs> I
1: thought they did a good job of reintroducing Jane to us who hasn't been around.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jane last week it was all she did was show up and take Allison to the dinner, right? That's all she did.
1: Yeah, we're, we're in for probably I think a, collectively an entire season of Jane just being a supporting actress. That's fine. Yeah. It's okay, she'll get something interesting to do in season 4.
0: Oh good. Well, that's good cheers yeah. or to.
1: Until then, Josie Bassett Hang on and keep an eye out for puddles
0: and just keep growing that hair out too It's at an awkward phase again like
1: yeah it's unfortunate. Do you know do you know what else is unfortunate? what? This next quote which is an all-American trope about marriage okay uh, this quote it came from uh, one Allison Parker who said to Joe's freedom and the end of Billy's <laughs> oh geez okay so here's what happened last episode uh billy and allison or billy proposed to allison Ugh. they just cut apparently left while making a scene without getting an answer from allison
0: yeah it was a because
1: clip- yeah it's the neck. yeah but they left the restaurant mary like he got back up from the floor and kept eating
0: i guess I, we didn't see that but that's i know
1: yeah weird Anyway, so Billy calls her on the phone at work the next day to say, like, hey, are you going to marry me or not? Which, not the way, is what I would say. Not the not the way to try and get an answer there. But, fine. They go out for lunch uh, of hot dogs in the park.
0: Yeah, he calls her cheap.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, oh. there she agrees to marry him. But only if they can be completely honest with each other. Because... Let's be frank. Amanda said to Allison that she knows things about Billy that even Allison doesn't know.
0: Mm.
1: Mmm. Bum-bum-bum. Which uh, could be that hey Allison, Billy is a lazy lover and is bad in bed. And Allison may not know that because as far as we know it's been Keith and Billy.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's possible.
1: Uh, With Amanda, it's been more. A little more. than, Than Keith and Billy. (laughs) <laughs> God. But, but also what amanda knows is that while allison and billy were on one of their hiatus to use because allison had a different boyfriend um billy and amanda hooked up do you remember how they hooked up mary
0: i believe it was by the garbage cans
1: thanks to humster dumpster,
0: <laughs> dumpster. yeah
1: they were working on them trash cans and oh You know, the the aphrodisiacs hit them, and they just started feeling some feelings, and up they went. But both Amanda and Billy were broken up temporarily from Jake and Allison, so they hooked up. And then they got back together with their their boyfriends and girlfriends, and they agreed never to tell anybody.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay? So this happens. Billy goes to Amanda and says, I've got to tell Allison. And Amanda says, don't you dare. We agreed not to tell anybody, and Jake will kill me. Yeah. So Billy agrees to keep it secret.
0: No, he doesn't.
1: (laughs) Well, he did did keep it secret.
0: He did, but he didn't say that to Amanda.
1: Okay, well, Billy kept it secret. Amanda went back and told Jake, who decides he's mad at Billy, not Amanda. Which, fair to be mad at Billy. Billy was sleeping on his couch. Billy, after sleeping (laughs) with Amanda, had to crawl (laughs) through the courtyard in his underwear, greet Baby Doubtfire... Except Aww. an ornament for him and Jake. So Billy, with two balls, went back into Jake's apartment and pretended to have just be getting ready for work. Oh,
0: my God. I forgot that part. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how it went. Aww. So they're having an engagement party. They want to have Joe at this party as well, um, since Joe's going to be the maid of honor. Yeah. Uh, but Joe says, "Ah, you know, I just beat a murder one charge for killing a man, which I actually did kill him. Um, maybe I'm going to take a nap. <laughs>
0: We're going to go home and make some popcorn. Gonna have a little
1: Allison, with all the tact of a a, a Midwestern woman who has been um, shunned at the bingo hall, <laughs> in Joe's absence, makes a point to tell all of shooters that Joe's free now, just so you know, and announces <laughs> that you know she's giving a toast to uh, Joe's freedom and the end of Billy's. And that is where I want to focus. That quote, the end of Billy's freedom, because it's so frustrating to me, Mary.
0: Mm.
1: And it's it's also the reason we have uh, bachelor parties and bachelorette parties, both of which are bullshit and should be outlawed. Legally outlawed. Oh, God, <laughs> um, I've not forgiven every straight woman in America for all the bachelorette parties you brought to our gay bars. Unacceptable. Rude. Dismissive. Wrong. Don't do it. But second, the, the whole theory of it this is why you're hiring the stripper and getting the penis straws and uh whatever women do as well that there's the whole, the whole reason for it is this is your last night of fun and freedom before you're you're hooked up to the old ball and chain and mary that's just not how we should view marriage oh isn't it <laughs> no we should view it as the empowering union between two or more in my view two or more people coming together and agreeing to um Enhance each other as opposed to drag each other down. What Allison's doing this is this is the old American perspective of it, right? Of like, well, it's all over now. Settle down, relax. Don't have fun anymore. Your adventures are over. And I don't think that's how it needs to be, Mary.
0: Jesus Christ. uh To be fair, Allison is already basically like a fifty-year-old. woman Like Allison lives like I live, where she sits around in her jogging pants, like reading the newspaper so for Allison she was about to have phone sex <laughs> well kind of sorry I, yeah Allison's married life would, would not look all that different than her single life so to speak
1: I just it the true to life part right that's that's where I'm after with this quote is this is how we talk about it it's over you don't get to go hooking up with random babes you know, the uh, the comedians that make people cough up their coronas. Uh, Dawn, you can't do that anymore. Um, and I, I think it's an unfortunate perspective. And I think it's, um, it's not correct. But it is high art because this is how Americans still think about marriage as a, um, a sentence for the, the man involved.
0: Hmm. It would have been interesting if we had watched this particular episode a few months ago and then rewatched. watched what might have been. um yeah what, I, what what are you suggesting mary nothing at all um i, I, I
1: hashtag evolved already just like oh, barack obama okay remember when they said evolve already No, no, he was. It (laughs) was during the you know, during his first campaign, he was opposed to same sex marriage, just like Hillary Clinton. And he was for religious reasons, just like Hillary Clinton. And then as he was going through, he said he was evolving. And uh, the the movement uh, came up with the hashtag evolve already. Like enough. What are you still evolving about? Because clearly he was looking for the right political time to kind of announce that he now supports same sex marriage. And uh, then Joey B just did it for him good old
0: joey b joey b with those cool aviators oh he's such a cool dude yeah uh i mean i don't know what point to argue here um i think for, um, yeah i mean i think the whole Allison toast is very much playing into a thing that's a thing where it's that's the thing people say at a lot of sort of stereotypical weddings i think it's starting to shift away from that mentality a little with younger people. I think just from what I've seen at weddings of people younger than me, I don't think it's quite the same vernacular that's being used. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, no, I mean, I would say for the time this was filmed and for the place in the world, Alison and Billy came from too, which was a very middle-class white people kind of a world. Yeah. That probably was the prevailing attitude.
1: I accept your concession. Uh, Just like George Bush from Al Gore.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) Mary, in an odd turn of events, this week's sponsor has requested that their time be used for a mini live interview. So I will now ask our guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about why they're here. Yeah, Mary, Tiggy,
2: it's me, Sammy Salami. From Humpster Dumpster. You know, for when daddy's too criminal to make you horny.
0: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> oh, goodness, Sammy Salami. Thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, well, here I am. You know, I don't think I had much choice. Well, Sammy, that that sounds ominous. What's, what's going on? Well, Tiggy... It turns out that Homster Dumpster Well It causes Troubles Oh Troubles Yeah Troubles (laughs) Mary can you believe that? Troubles
0: You could knock me over with a feather
2: Yeah well I won't do that Mary Here's what happened If I can say it like a poet
0: Okay. Humster
2: Dumpster was right by the wall. Humster Dumpster was ready for all, <laughs> but Humster Dumpster made one bad call. So then, Humster Dumpster, you know, we had a great fall. Oh. oh yeah, I... Mary T.D. is bad news. Oh. See, I thought we were onto something with this innovative new service. You go into a complex of young 20s. You lace the trash cans with an aphrodisiac called daddy. And then you screw on the lids to your tight on the cans. (laughs) Euphemism implied.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's a billion
2: dollar idea. What could go wrong? Yeah, well, those hoes get themselves into troubles. See, we didn't account for how strong the aphrodisiac was gonna be. Oh, boy. And it led to some coupling that was just, you know, it was not right. It was wrong, even.
0: Oh. Like, like what? Then, boom! A bomb. Now it's our
2: fault. Now you got Billy gets beat to a pulp. The engagement's in question. And the security deposit at the bar is poof.
0: Gone like Donkey Kong. (laughs) Oh, no, I didn't even think about the security deposit.
2: Well,
1: Sammy Salami, what are you going to do differently?
2: Yeah, it's easy. We're just going to update our TOS. You know, the terms of service.
0: Oh, my God. That's a great idea to protect you from legal liability.
1: Yeah, you know, it just doesn't seem like enough to me. I didn't even know Humster Dumpster had terms of service.
2: Yeah, well, we do, and you accepted it when you downloaded this podcast. (laughs) It's a sneaky (laughs) trick we learned from Google and Amazon and Microsoft and Apple and Facebook, and even those sluts at IBM.
0: Oh, God. ugh! Well, Well, Sammy, would
1: you just consider making your product less risky for its users?
2: T.D., be serious. How can we do that? We're literally filling trash cans with poppers over here to get your criminal, get you over your criminal daddy. What else could we do?
0: That's a good point. I don't really know how you would adjust that plan.
1: I don't either. I guess, well, Sammy Salami, I guess thanks for coming to to update us on this new terms of service that we've all accidentally accepted.
2: Yeah, well... Thank you as well, and to the good people of Los Angeles and Austin for the great patronage. Maybe in the future, you should all be a bit more selective in your choice of companion. (laughs) At the very
0: least, more selective in our choice of dumpsters. No, no, Humster
2: Dumpster is still the way. Just take the new TOS.
0: (laughs) Just click accept. Don't read it.
2: Never read it. It's too long and boring.
0: Who has time? I'm trying to get over to that hamster dumpster. I don't. I don't have time to be reading all this legalese.
1: And we are back for the second half of season two, episode twenty-two of the Melrose Place cast. We are discussing with this ball and chain. I'm Tege
0: I'm Mary.
1: I got- it's important. It is important to note it has been 14 weeks since the original puddles has been seen god
0: so many questions so few answers
1: Mm. mary take it away
0: i got another one i called this one billy is a grade a la flake but i'm telling him as a friend uh okay i have a lot of issues with this little show but i'm just gonna lay it out for you real quick so we see billy show up at escapade and he's there to talk to his old boss nancy uh, Nancy's busy, so he's waiting, and he's talking with his old coworker Celia. Celia does not seem happy to see him. She's mad he quit his job. She says it was the opportunity of a lifetime. She's not interested in helping him get his job back here in L.A. She says, you were junior editor, Campbell, and you quit. Why? Because you were lonely for your girlfriend? Good God, why don't you just grow up? And I was like, get him. Get him, girl. Uh, he counters that, well, if she's so mad about it, why doesn't she just go take the job? And she says, you know what, I can't, because he was a, quote, grade A L.A. flake, and they refilled it with a New York person, because now they think all the L.A. people are dumb. And she says, see, you ruined it for both of us just by being you. I was like,
1: <laughs> Good <laughs> yeah. job, Campbell.
0: God damn it. Her phone rings, and Jesus Christ, it's Allison calling, looking for Billy to see if he's free for lunch. Uh, Allison... At- <laughs> He doesn't work there. He does yeah. not work there. Are you both so presumptuous to think that he's going to walk in and just get his job back right away? That, that's well, a problem.
1: What uh, Allison could be. That fits with for Allison.
0: It's true. That's true. Uh, she wants to talk to. So Celia is pissed off, but puts Billy on the phone because she called Celia's phone too, which is just rubbing salt in the wood. Uh, so she got and she's like, I get together and talk for at lunch about last night, aka the proposal. And then he gets called in to see Nancy. So he, she, I love you. Very funny. Uh, We see back at Allison in her office, Amanda is standing there and she goes, Oh, was that Billy? Uh, Allison's like, yeah. How long have you been standing there? (laughs) Amanda says, don't worry. I wasn't spying on you. Ooh, the boomerang boyfriend. Boomerang boyfriend is back from New York, huh? And and Allison's like, yeah, he is. And she goes, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but I don't think this is any of your business, Amanda. (laughs) Uh, Amanda's like, I was just wondering if Billy's here to stay. You know, an unstable relationship affects one's work performance, never knowing if he's moving to New York or Little Rock or Saskatchewan. Uh, Allison huffs back, you know, he's staying. And then she goes too far, like she always says. She goes, as a matter of fact, he asked me to marry him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't point out she has not accepted that yet. Amanda's like, oh, what a wonderful gesture. <laughs> then she goes on as only a can and she says you know i'd give that commitment a lot of thought if i were you i'm saying this as a friend i know things about him that you don't even know and she just walks away is <laughs> a, a move uh, oh my god i have a lot of issues number one so billy just up and quit his job in new york uh which is again as we know the same parent company as escapade magazine would it even be likely at this point they would give him a job at all? Like, in the real world, probably not at this point. No. Second, no. to show up and stand around making chit-chat with your former coworker who you got promoted, even though you were probably the less qualified of the job, while she's trying to work, and, like, this is not okay. That's not okay. Then, Allison having the audacity to call him at Celia's desk when he does not work there to make less... <laughs> no, not okay. Uh, also you know he doesn't have a job. Couldn't you have made plans before you all left for work in the morning? I don't understand. He has nothing to do all day. Three, uh, she goes and mentions her the proposal to Amanda, which is like, this is like JV squad level stupidity on Allison's part of this one. She knows Amanda. At best, they're And Amanda picking that up and running with it, like, I'm just saying this as a friend. It's just a master stroke that Allison should have seen coming. Why is is Allison so dumb that she keeps doing this with Amanda? She always gives her too much information and then Amanda uses it against her. like Every time, when will you learn? And the most egregious of all, and this didn't occur to me until this morning, we never even find out if Billy got the job back. They don't close up this storyline at all. There's no mention of it. We go right to the goddamn engagement party. No one says anything. I'm like, then why did you waste all of our time? And why did you waste Celia's time? She's trying to work. Oh, let's
1: take a breath together.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: It is well established in the Marvel's Place universe that, yes, you can just walk in and get your old job back.
0: <laughs> well, not for Matt.
1: Although I actually think um, that Billy will not have gotten his job back. And this is how he's going to end up working at D&D.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yes. Still, there's a time you
1: So this was probably Celia's send-off. And although there was moments of softness and kindness out of Celia, we needed her character to end where it began, which was this um, rude, short, driven person. I guess. Yeah. Now, Amanda, I don't see this as being shady. She just let (laughs) Allison know your boyfriend is not who you think he is. Don't (laughs) marry him. I can have him anytime I want him. (laughs)
0: It's so terrible. (laughs) I mean, love, but it's terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, my God. She's just telling her as a friend.
1: Just as a friend. As a friend, I want you to know that uh, the only reason I'm not with your boyfriend is because I think he's bad in bed.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: You know, Mary, I think in fairness... I will uh, need you admit that this was a this was a trashy storyline. Thank you. It, it was soap opera. Hmm.
0: Well, how about we move on? Oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought there was more coming. So sure, yeah. We no, can...
1: no. I just conceded. <laughs> you get the point. You get the point.
0: Oh wow, that's like my first point.
1: You know who else finally got the point? Who? Doctor Michael Mancini. Took him long enough to see where Sydney was going, but his quote, you seriously want to get married? Oh my god. Beautiful. Because look, Sydney is blackmailing Michael into marrying her. Marrying her, right? This is this is as big as it gets. This is as bold as it gets. I think. I, I can't imagine. A more swaggering use of blackmail. I, I genuinely can't fathom it. Money? Sure. Get a job? Fine. Even sex? I get it. But marriage? Uh, to a man who's already <laughs> paying half his salary from his first divorce? To your sister? <laughs> bold? Yeah, you bet it's bold. You better believe it. <laughs> So, <laughs> here's here's what happened, right? So this is picking up uh, after the scene where you mentioned that uh, the fake puddles is masquerading as the real puddles. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Sydney is moving in with Michael. So picture this: also, Michael is now a physician that's been established. She's no longer an intern, and yeah. he now he now has a pound puppy in his house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, with no child. With a milk crate, too.
1: Yeah. So, Sydney's moved in. Sydney is dressing like a housewife, right? The kind of the light, airy dresses. And she's acting like a housewife, making him eggs and coffee and cleaning up after him. And she's, I will say, being incredibly patient, as Michael is clearly resisting this hostage scenario. <laughs> Sydney's not backing down, but she is giving him space to be upset, for example in anger, being forced into this sham of a relationship, he pours the coffee she made him on the eggs she made him and all over the counter. And he's just having his rebellion moment. And she's not backing down on the fact that they're now in a relationship, but she's, she's letting it go because she's just kind of letting him work it out because she knows the end is not in question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Michael... Is having trouble at work because Dr. Levin, the chief of staff, won't let him work with patients. So Sydney goes and charms Dr. Levin and gets Michael his job back. Yeah. So, to, to your previous point, yeah, it's pretty easy to get your job back in this world. <laughs> okay. Michael goes, it's in, going into surgery. Oh my gosh. I just love this so much. Sydney is fantastic. Michael has met his match. Mm hmm. You know what will be interesting, Mary, for the next several seasons will be for us to just track does anyone match up to Michael the way Sydney does during this storyline? Because this is good.
0: Yeah, she's real good. She's
1: good at yeah. this. Yeah. So Michael is going into surgery, and Dr. Levin just says, I'm going to jump in on this surgery. I didn't know doctors just tagged in and out, but there's an emergency at home with Sydney that you have to go take care of. Michael is angry, but doesn't. And Cindy's like, oh, honey, here you are. I just wanted to go through some wedding plans. (laughs) And Michael, in the most ironic line, I think of the series so far, says, there's only one Mrs. Mancini, and that's my damn mother. Do you understand? (laughs) Which, no, there's, I mean, Jane Mancini, still there. (laughs) And we're about to have several Mrs. Mancinis. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a revolving door.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's it's kind of dawning on Michael that Sydney, this is where she's going with his blackmail. Because remember, the blackmail she has over him is that she knows he was drunk driving when he killed Kimberly and that he could go to jail because as is repeatedly being reestablished, Kimberly is dead. They keep bringing that back up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For no and
1: reason. For no reason, yeah. Um, so... Because Kimberly is dead, he could go to jail if Sydney drops the blackmail. So she's got heavy blackmail. And yeah, uh, they, she said, Michael says, You seriously want to get married? And Sydney just looks at him and smiles, ignores the disdain and disgust in his voice, and says, Oh, Michael, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> and, that, and that's how this episode ends. Sydney and Michael are now engaged to be married. while Michael is still paying the alimony to Jane Mancini
0: yeah and he's technically still engaged to Kimberly even though she's dead she's dead here's
1: the the thing Mary that makes this high art for the generations are you ready
0: I look forward to whatever this is
1: okay so Michael
0: doesn't want to marry this woman Mm -hmm.
1: this woman feels like it's her destiny and that he must marry her And but because she's got something over him. Now he's going to have to marry her. Uh Think back in your life, Mary and our good dear listeners to all the many marriages that came out of high school. Because they got pregnant. (laughs) It's just like that. It's that's what is the high art to me. The like, I don't want to marry you but i got you pregnant so i guess i'm gonna have to do it
0: oh this is that where i was expecting this to go uh yeah um i mean i think that's a thing i don't know that it's exactly like this because i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this that are a little more complicated yeah no
1: it's not exactly the same thing but that moment from michael of you seriously want to get married I think that conversation happens a lot after a, a young couple realizes they're pregnant and she just assumes we're getting married. And he's like, what? <laughs> but then they get married for a oh. couple years.
0: <laughs> and then they get remarried. <laughs> um, well, this is awkward. Cause I was going to talk about this storyline as a trashy point. Um, <laughs> Believe it or not, this, this caught my attention. Um, so it's, hard, it's hard for me to, to fully uh, concede your point. I, I think the thing you're bringing up is a thing that happens. I don't know that yes. it is uh, a complete match to this present situation we are witnessing on this program. Uh, it, it, perhaps it wouldn't make sense if I just launched into my point with that, maybe.
1: Yes, I. you know what? I am eager to hear.
0: All right. Uh, I'll try not to rehash a lot of what you said. Um, I feel like when we see Sydney making Michael breakfast the first time that she is wearing her little flowery dress with a matching scrunchie, that was a 90s touch. Uh, I would argue so she's going through the motions of being a housewife, but she doesn't really know... Like, the, you could tell it's it's not a sophisticated version. It's like the stuff she saw on Nick at Night version of How to Be a Housewife. Because she makes him breakfast, but it's a couple of burnt egg waffles from the toaster. And then oh,
1: what, no. Remember, he liked his toast burnt. That was a good detail, I thought.
0: Okay. Uh, but then the other thing she serves him are what appear to be microwaved eggs. Because the microwave goes off, and she puts this little tray in front of him that is not like a regular plate. Uh, it's <laughs> good. Uh, and she then goes into like, oh, can I pour you some juice? And he's like, put a cork in it. Uh, he tells him <laughs> everything's open now. And it's great because she told Jane yesterday and she lies and says Jane was so happy for them because, you know, she finally understands about us. And Michael's like, I don't want to hear this load of crap. Which is <laughs> <But just laughs> a fair answer. She tells him he should cheer up and he's like, well, let me see, my fiance's dead. You're blackmailing me and Levin will let me see my patients. You're right, everything's great. Uh, she's like, well this is where she goes into weird housewife pantomime she said, well you should just take the bull by the horns sweetheart and tell him you're tired of all this administrative work he's, he's saying don't call me sweetheart in response uh, <laughs> he said that as well you know i already told Levin i'm off the painkillers and she mumbles thanks to me i'm like oh you little shits you've got him uh and like you said she's like well there's got to be something we could do and he's like the only reason you're here is because you put a gun to my head and he stands up and he dumps all the breakfast out all over the counter and she just watches him uh, like you said, we see her go to the hospital. She charms Levin with the, quote, most dead-on impression of him I've ever seen. Impress- presumably impre- uh, doing an impression of Michael, which I- we didn't get to feel sad about that. Uh, and so, yeah, she gets him his full uh, doctor rights, or whatever you would call that, back. Uh, Levin is completely charmed by her. Uh, you know, but she- he's also like, you know, Michael, if you screw up one more time, you're gone. Capiche? And Michael's like, yes, sir. And, Uh, We go back to the beach house later after work. Uh, There are furniture movers there and there's like a new couch and there's like paintings on the wall and rugs. Sydney comes out dressed like a 1990s version of Donna Reed. Like she's got on this long floral dress, a little cardigan. Her hair is like very like housewifey. He starts yelling about all this stuff and she's like, well, you've got great earning potential and you know, we can afford all this because I put it on your credit card. And he's (laughs) The American
1: way, by the way, the American way.
0: American way he's like we can't afford this I'm getting rid of it and come in and see our new bedroom (laughs) She's like oh god Uh, he tells her to send it all back and then go make him dinner which is to me a sign that he's falling into the trap of a married couple that he's waiting for his wife to make dinner Uh, (laughs) she's like you know Michael you're making me mad don't ever make me mad and she grabs him by the neck on his shirt and she's like bad things can happen do you understand And she just lets go and walks away. And I'm like,
1: she's taking charge.
0: (laughs) She is in the business. Like you said, he goes to work the next day. He's about to go into surgery and he gets pulled out because Sydney has called and Levin sends him home because there's an emergency. She he gets home and she's just sitting on the couch. Uh, She's smiling. She's like, you know, Michael, our future is important, too. We need to make these decisions. What kind of ceremony to have? Who to invite? And of course, honeymoon plans uh she refers he refers to this as her demented fantasies and she's like you got to get your priorities straight if you don't take care of me you don't have a medical career remember and he says, what you say like oh my god you seriously want to get married and she goes i thought you'd never ask." um (laughs) this is for all the reasons both laid out this is a delightfully crazy storyline um it is so blackmaily it is so crazy they play off of each other so well like they are just like tit for tat. They they she's got outsmarted at every move. Every time he thinks mm-hmm. he's gonna pivot, she's like, No, nope, got it. I'm already ahead of you. Or she figures it out before he does. And oh it's fun. This is a fun little soap opera storyline. I've enjoyed it very much.
1: I think I'm onto something though with the the blackmail of pregnancy. <laughs> I really I really think I'm not that far off from reality
0: blackmail is a really strong word i i think mm. <laughs> <laughs> do i think there are probably some people who do try to use sure but i wouldn't ever yeah. universally that that's how that that's not
1: look you either have to marry her or you're going to be sending paying child support for 18 years
0: i guess but that's, either... the,
1: bla- that's the blackmail component
0: i guess i don't know yeah
1: And, as Allison said, and now your freedom's over. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Mary. Well, Mary, were there any other highlights that you picked up from this episode? There's one big one. Hits you right in the face.
0: Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, Sure, I had a few. Um, I liked when Jake showed up at Amanda's office asking for help with Joe and getting her out of jail. Uh, Side note, he is wearing... Baggiest acid wash jeans in the world. They are enormous on him. Get him a belt. Uh, he says, he's got legal connections and money, and quote, I'm the one who doesn't buy the mean bitch routine, remember? And I was like, oh, that's not a great talking point. That's... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's uh, not how to make friends and influence people, Jacob. Yeah.
0: Uh, she rightfully I think points out you know what this is hard because we're already tied to this because we invested in Reed's business the police might look at us and wonder were we involved in the drug stuff and Jake yells you know Joe's looking at a murder charge and Amanda's like well if it was really self-defense they'll figure it out and she'll get out of it which is maybe a bit naive of her to say uh she said you know he Jake says Reed duped us You know, we should not just let Joe go through this because she got duped too. And Amanda's like, reality check, Jake. Neither knew you, neither you or I shot anybody. (laughs) Like, well, so far, let's give that one some time. (laughs) Uh, There is a very, very fast moment that I rewound several times. Uh, it's we're coming back from a commercial break and we're looking at the exterior of the jail. First of all, the jail is not the same building every time. And I paid attention to this. Some And I made sure some of them are the courthouse and that makes sense. But sometimes the jail looks like one building and other times it looks like another building. So it was not consistently done. The best part though, there is a scene of this far away exterior of the jail and the cars driving by in the freeway are clearly from the 1960s. Uh, this is old. <laughs> On the back, like these are not cars from the 80s or 90s, these are 30 years old at the time. Very funny. Uh, Joe is having her second meeting with her public defender. She repeats again, I didn't know anything about what Reed was doing with the drugs. Uh, the lawyer points out, You know, you told me you didn't have an arrest record, but you have one from six months ago for a concealed weapon arrest. And she goes, Oh, I forgot about that and I'm like well that's a soap opera like if you in real life you would not have forgotten that six months ago you got arrested when you're in jail for murder you would probably remember Uh, for shooting someone yeah oh my god uh Allison goes to see Joe at jail and she's like you know it's gonna be fine Joe Jake and Amanda are gonna go talk to the DA and talk about Reed we're gonna get her home soon quote in plenty of time to be my maid of honor uh Joe doesn't know about the engagement. She's like, "You're what?" And she's Allison says, "We're getting married. Will you be my maid of honor?" And Joe rolls with it. She's like, "Of course, if you don't mind my shackles clanging down the aisle," which was a yeah. Funny
1: Mary, what did you think of Allison using that as the moment to bring this up to Joe?
0: I didn't love it. I, I'm willing to be devil's advocate and say maybe she was trying to distract Joe from her current situation and like give her some sort of supposedly good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did think it was very awkward and kind of shoehorned in. What did you think?
1: I It jumped out to me. Yeah, that's clearly, I think, what Allison was trying to do was to say, like, be forward-looking and positive and optimistic. But it just, it didn't feel like the time. It didn't feel like the time. No,
0: no. Well, you know, Allison has a tendency to maybe make things about her sometimes. That's a bit of a thing. Allison Parker? <laughs> uh later after they get joe out of jail jake and amanda are leaving to go to billy and allison's engagement party and of course shooters because there's nowhere else to go jake is now he knows about amanda and billy sleeping together on the trash heap and as they walk out i thought this was a nice little moment he you can hear him mumbling i'm not going to this party let's go and have pizza or something and kind mm-hmm. and decides he goes like we have to at least make an appearance which also seemed like something Amanda would say and jake's also said,
1: why 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 do you have to make an appearance
0: i don't know uh at shooters i was excited we got to see matt for a minute it's nice they invited him uh (laughs) jake amanda goes to say bye to allison before she and jake are gonna leave jake tries to scurry toward the door but billy follows him and billy is tone deaf because he always is and he's like oh let me buy you a drink jake i want to ask you something and jake is very clearly upset you and he's like Mm -hmm. i don't uh, Billy, of course, is a moron It does not pick up on either the body language or the actual Jake is using. And he's like, oh, are you going to make me ask you in front of God and everybody? Jake Hansen, you've been a great friend of mine for a couple of years. I want you to be my best man. And Jake goes, go to hell, you son of a bitch, and punches him in the face. <laughs> oh, chef kiss. Beautiful moment. Uh, the next morning, after Billy got punched in the face, which I will carry with me for a long time in moments of joy, uh, <laughs> Allison's door, because they didn't sleep in the same room because she found out about the Amanda thing. Uh, good news, that creepy shelf full of horrifying dolls is still right inside of her room. So we got to see that. It's been a while. Good, good. And then, last but not least, at the very end, when Joe has been exonerated and she's freed to go, her lawyer reminds her, that boyfriend of yours was scum, Joe, and she replies, but I loved him.
2: She
1: did.
0: <laughs> Joe! Jesus, get it together. Did you have anything we haven't already touched upon?
1: I appreciated the dolls in Allison's bedroom. Um, It's worth noting Allison said to Billy she she wasn't thrilled to hear that he slept with. It would be unfair for her to hold it against him since when she went to Steve's ranch she fully intended to leave Billy in the past. So, you know, how can I hold this against you? Which I thought was a level of emotional maturity we've yet to see from Allison.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was unusual.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, After that, Billy goes out to the courtyard where he sees Amanda and he says, is this what you wanted? I'm beaten to a pulp. He took one punch to the face, by the way.
0: (laughs) Well, for him, that's...
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm beaten to a pulp. My relationship is in jeopardy. Uh, My friendship with Jake is in shambles. And Amanda, uh, speaking of adult relationships, said, you
0: started it. (laughs) Oh, all these people are a lot. <laughs> Man, what a week. There was a lot. A lot going on.
1: hmm There was also one moment, I forget what Amanda did, but I see this in my note, where Billy said to Amanda, that was nice of you. It may have been bailing out Joe or getting her the lawyer, but Billy said, that was nice of you. And Amanda said, why does this always surprise you? <laughs>
0: You know, that's a good point. Like I I wouldn't go so far as to call it inconsistent, but Amanda is sort of presented there is a vacillation that goes on. And I don't it usually makes sense within the context of the scene or the episode, but I it does it does strike me from time to time like there are weeks where Amanda will do very kind things and moments later just be a complete asshole. But then it usually usually I write it off that it has whatever it has to do with the character she's interacting with. Like, her and Allison are just, like, oil and water, so I expect to be a jerk to Allison most of the time. But, like, her and Joe haven't really gotten along for some very valid reasons. So it was a bit of a surprise to see her being that kind. But it was also not... It also doesn't feel unrealistic. So I don't know. I I give it... Is it just credit due to oh god
1: (laughs) to the writers?
0: writers
1: yeah here's the thing remember too she was really nice to allison at the beginning and wanted to be her friend and then she kind of there was that scene where she laid it out to allison of You knew I was dating Billy. You were fine with it. You told me to do it. You set us up together. You put us on dates together. And now all this time you've been undermining me and this is how you've been doing it. And that was really rude of you. And uh, I think she was right. She was right to be mad at Allison for just leaving her job to go see Keith and then coming back and demanding her old job back, which she got because Lucy overrode Amanda and said, you're hiring Allison. That's just the way it is. So I, I think Amanda as the bitch of Melrose Place, she will be a bitch once you wrong her. Like, for reasons and with purpose. But I don't think she is just unnecessarily cruel to people.
0: No, and that's a good point when I think about Joe. Like, really, her conflicts with Joe have really only been about Jake.
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: As much as it was funny watching her yell at Joe about the paint chemicals getting refined, that Jake- <laughs> It really all about Jake, and yeah so I guess it makes sense I, I'll give a lot of credit to Heather Locklear too as an actress. she can really she's very skilled at going between those two flavors to like really turn on a dime and she can be being for lack of a better word a bitch but you feel like the real, there's a person there it's never just like a pantomime of someone going through the motions it's I don't know She does a good job.
1: She is. She's fantastic. And I am excited, Mary, to sit down with you next week and debate this show again.
0: Oh, boy. I can't wait.
1: Well, you have to. We can't do it now. I didn't watch it yet.
0: Oh, I didn't either. I need time to do my appropriate research and catch all these important details. This is a public service announcement for the greater good. Several weeks ago, the Melrose Place cast was thrilled to welcome a new sponsor, Puddle. What's Puddle, you ask? More like, who's Puddle? Wait, wait, you don't remember Puddle? Surely we've shown Puddle to you before. Puddle is only the cutest, floppiest, stuffed non-pound puppy your kids have ever seen. Non-pound puppy. (laughs) Puddle is made of the softest, fire-retardant fabrics and stuffing, with the biggest, sweetest button eyes, and just the most darling, floppy, non pound puppy body, perfect for snuggling. Well, it turns out you might not be the only person who forgot about Puddle, because as we've seen in this week's episode, there is an impostor in our midst. A <gasps> a fraud, a fake. The Puddle presented in season two, episode 22, is not the same Puddle as appeared in season two, episode eight. This is a faux Puddle, a f- <laughs> look it's not uncommon for an understudy to get called up to substitute for the lead actor in a production but the show has a moral obligation to announce that to the audience so we can temper our expectations did melrose place make any such efforts to alert the viewing public to this week's non-headlining puddle taking center stage or milk crate no no it did not america wants and needs to know what happened to puddle the real Puddle was last seen several weeks ago, resting uncomfortably on a mattress on the floor while Sydney and Michael undertook some adult activities. Puddle saw things. Things Puddle never had to see with his big, sweet button eye. But Puddle was there for us. Puddle flopped right along to with whatever else happened on that mattress. That's how loyal Puddle is. That It's time for us, America, to step up and show our loyalty puddle visit puddle.biz today to learn all about how you can help locate this beloved floppy-eared non-pound puppy stuffed dog or you can use hashtag justice for puddle on social media to report sightings or theories help us find puddle your child's most faithful friend from age four to 24
1: we must find puddle
0: we cannot stand by this puddle Fuddle is not puddle i will not have it
1: you know what worries me the most is why is Fuddle in on this?
0: Yeah, what does Fuddle have to gain, other than screen time thirty years ago? And you know who else is suspiciously unconcerned? Sydney hmm. Andrews. Yeah, Sydney Andrews. Sydney, who claimed vociferous love for Puddle in his previous appearance, is suddenly content to pretend that this Fuddle is the real thing. I call shenanigans. I.
1: Here's my question. Is Puddle still alive?
0: My God. I mean, there's so many theories we could look into, but we just don't. We can't do it by ourselves, Teach. We need the viewing public and or listening podcast audience we are not actually viewing anything when they listen to us. We need other other eyes and ears out there in the world looking for Puddle.
1: Yeah. Listeners, uh, two things. Take our
0: word for it. This is a new
1: Puddle. I know we can't show you, but it's a different Puddle. And second, we have to find the original puddle, collectively, as a community. There's nothing that can stop us when we work together. And what we need to work together to do is find puddle. Hashtag justice for puddle. Or is it puddles?
0: Uh, No S, just puddle. Justice Uh, for puddle. Yeah. You know, if nothing else, puddle belongs in the Smithsonian. I mean, if nothing, like, if they can have you know, artifacts from Jerry Seinfeld's apartment on his show and all these Mm -hmm. puddles should be in the Smithsonian's Melrose Place exhibit.
1: With the grill from season one that Billy brought to Melrose Place, the grill that he burned the script in and puddle, but the original puddle we cannot have at the Smithsonian educating generations of Americans to come. The faux puddle that we saw in season two, episode 22 with this ball and chain. That is not the way. That is, We owe our children better than this.
0: Yes. Won't someone think of the children? Won't someone?
1: Yes. And when you think of the children, remember the original Puddle in Season 2, Episode 8, No Bed of Roses, with those big, beautiful button eyes. As you think of the children, think of Puddle flopped there while Michael, shirtless, is undoing his belt and dropping his pants. Yes.
0: yes. Think about that, won't you? Think about it. Justice for puddle hashtag justice for puddle be on the lookout report your sightings. So wait seriously how how long does this show go on? how many episodes are there?
1: <laughs> wait, I told you this right so it goes to season seven of the original run but then there's the re- the reboot season.
0: So there's how many reboot seasons?
1: Just the one so far so far. Okay. but there's also but then mary there's the the amazon has the true story of melrose place movie that we should cover
0: oh god how long yeah
1: are... and and no uh, uh, models inc has to be covered too
0: wait what the hell is models inc
1: it, it's a two-season spinoff
0: of what what do they of, of melrose
1: place from the lady from dynasty was on it
0: i think lady from dynasty my god this was like a whole industry
1: and I do think nine hundred two one zero to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring.
0: I, I don't know if I agree with that.
1: <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal.
0: Does it have anything to do with the content of Melrose Place?
1: I just feel like, how do you really want to be an expert in this or not?
0: I mean, I think you know the answer to that.
1: <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it.
0: <laughs> oh God.